This is Taylor Hearn with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. Welcome to another episode of the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. This is episode four, and today is the minor league wrap-up. Jeff, we're in the last week of the minor league, so it's a good time to do this. Yeah, yeah, the the triple-A tri- plays until the end of, end of the regular, major league regular season, but uh, everything else is over uh, Sunday. Uh, there, there will be some playoffs, which uh, Frisco and Down East are, are, are trying to get into. Yep. Still in um, it. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, they start they started what may, may 4th or something like that, May 6th. And, um, they packed, they packed a lot into, uh, into the next four months. And, uh, honestly, it's, it's been a good year, uh, on the ra- on the Rangers farm. Uh, I, I think overall, you kind of look at the, the depth they added and the development stuff, uh, yeah. wins and losses, hit hit or miss but um overall i think when the, when the rangers are done when everything's done they're going to be pretty happy with what happened this year on the farm i totally agree and you can't look at wins and losses it's good to win don't get me wrong but there are a lot of games that are lost late in the game where you're trying out someone and they, they'll give up some runs late in the game or whatever so wins and losses aren't as important as what's going on in the system and watching what these players are doing and man the system is good look this is going to be a great one uh we got two people that are going to join us today since we are doing the the uh the the minor league wrap-up First, we're going to have on uh, just newly promoted Paul Kruger, who is now the director of baseball operations. He was the director of minor league operations since 2008. He's had a long career in the Rangers organization. Yeah, Paul. Paul knows what he's doing. Um, uh, he he can he can do a lot. He, he's a he's a he's a good guy. Um, you never hear anybody say anything bad about him. He can get along with anybody, and I think that's part of the reason why he's moving uh, from the minor league side to the major league side because he can. He, he can he can talk and he can do the things that 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 the Rangers need to get done so that'll be good it'll be I'll miss, I'll miss talking to him every week for Fridays on the farm but uh, this is this is a good guy and, uh, and he's he's got a lot of insight and uh, Ross Fenstermaker is gonna kind of take over that that show uh, for Paul uh, Ross another you know a long long time scout yeah he's been with the organization a long time so um, there's a lot of continuity, even though it's kind of changing roles, but, uh, they all, they all kind of know what each other's thinking, can finish each other's sentences, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, so Paul is coming on and then we're going to have, we're going to have on, uh, Cole Reagan's. And That's we'll another good one about, about him, uh, later in the, later in the show, but, uh, you know, what, what, what a story. Um, and, and such, such another one of those just super nice guys that, that the Rangers, uh, really target in the in their drafts. They believe that uh, good people bring the right attitude to to a, a, a team, and that turns into a winning culture. So, uh, looking forward to this one because uh, yeah, we 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 like talking about the the bus leagues as you as you call them. Down in the but you know that you know what that reference is from, right? I don't. That is a Bull Durham reference for oh, anyone who's a Bull Durham fan. Uh, you know the flavor of the months. You know what. Down in the bus leagues. That's what he always said. In that, you have to go back and do it. I'm not going to say what it's about. But we're going to do all of that right after this. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right, so you had a good idea here coming into this, and we kind of texted before we got it. Before we get uh, Paul on here, we wanted to go over just kind of the state of the system is what you said. Let's go over the state of the system. We're going to go down. Tell us what you wanted to talk about. Well, I I think just kind of what we were alluding alluding to there in the lead-in, you know, the the farm system is much better now than it was a year ago and then a year before that. I mean, it's not just because the industry publications are now recognizing the Rangers system as a – uh, top 15 system. Um, it's, I mean, it, the, the Rangers, a are kind of already felt that going into this year, but they, they added some depth, you know, you, you, they, they saw some really uh, important players uh, in the future plans, take their, take the necessary steps. Yep. And, you know, you can start with the uh, Cole win. I think uh, the right-hander for, uh, first round draft pick in 2018. Um, he's had just a phenomenal year. Yeah. Uh, he was selected to the futures game. He started for started that game. Um, he had a little, uh, he had to go on the COVID list here, which is kind of uh, derailed him a little bit. It's going to keep him from getting to a hundred innings. But when you look at the season he had after not, you know, not pitching last year, like so many others, um, he's, he's, he's now, you know, a guy, he, he I mean, he always was a, a, a regarded prospect, but now he's backed it up and, um, you know, if it wasn't for Jack Leiter, Cole, uh, Cole would be the, the number one pitching prospect in the organization. And so, you know, you kind of think, wow, Cole win, Jack Leiter, that, that's got a chance. So uh, I, I think that's where you start. Then, you know, you saw, you saw like Bubba Thompson yep. uh, kind of, kind of resurrect his, his status and uh, Dustin Harris, who was acquired yep. in the Mike Miner trade, who could be, could be the minor league player of the year. Yep. Uh, and then you've seen, you know, AJ Alexi, who was our guest last week on the show uh yeah what a, he is you know he had a great great year in the minors i think he had a 1.66 era so uh the, these are important things that happened guys developed i know we're skipping over a bunch of them but um oh we'll talk about it yeah <laughs> the, 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 the system's just in better shape yeah well look at and look at uh baseball america once again i think they do this about every four weeks but they've updated their top 100 prospect list and the Rangers don't just have three in the top 100. They have three in the top 50. Uh, that list came out a couple of days ago. You got Leiter at 26, Young at, at 27, and Cole Wynn, who you were talking about, came in at 46. That, that's awesome. In the top 50, some of the names they were ahead of um, in that list, Christian Pache, who's fallen down below. Remember, Jason Dominguez was the big name coming from the Yankees. He's all the way down at 61. Mackenzie Gore, of course, now Mackenzie Gore hadn't had a great year, the Padres organization, but these are all names. Uh, Jackson Job, who was a huge draft pick this year, that everyone thought yeah, right was right a top. Right yeah, he's down at, at 88 coming in. So, I mean, you look, and there are guys on the verge of making top 100 that are that are close down there. But I think the state of the system, yeah, if you ask me, it's doing nothing but looking up. Yeah, and, and I, I think kind of 
you try to feel out where the strengths are. Um, I, I, th I think one one thing is that you know they had players who advanced to the upper level, so that yep. that's important. That was something that had held the Rangers down. All their talent was down low. Now it has moved up to Double A and Triple A. Right. Uh, I, but like it, it really looks like it really looks like they're on the verge of. They have some some quality pitching depth. I mean, and that's yep. that's something that you, every team has to have. You look at the Dodgers the last couple of years, uh, the injuries that they've had in their rotation. They just brought up a guy from brought up a guy from AAA, and he's been just fine. Yep. You know, another top 100 guy, a, a, a real good pitcher. So uh, you you can look at the names we've talked about them already. Win, uh, Alexi Glenn Otto, who obviously has done done some good things since he got called up uh, to the Rangers. Uh, shoot, Jake Latz had that nice that nice spot start in Cleveland. Right, Reagan's uh, Cody Bradford. I'm leaving out a bunch of guys, but you, you get the idea. Now they may not be in the rotation to start next year. Maybe maybe a couple of them will be, but at, you know they'll be depth. Somebody gets hurt, these guys will come up and plug in. And then I think late in 23, or I'm sorry, late in 22, and then to start 23, you're just going to see. Um, Top level, a, a young, homegrown, drafted and signed uh, starting rotation. Yeah, and that's the goal of any organization. Your top levels have to have starting pitching performing. It, a, a problem you need is that you've got double A AA and triple A guys that are starters that are rotation pieces that are knocking on the door that people when people are grumbling that why aren't we calling up this kid that's a great problem to have and there's guys right after those you were talking about go down to down east i mean look at look at uh, someone like uh uh what's his name owen white who's on his way back after you know freak injury punched the ground sure. or whatever he did and hurt that you've got owen white mason engler you i mean you've got some guys even at double a uh the the uh, what's his name, Henriquez, who who hasn't yeah. been horrible, and you know Takoa uh, Roby. Development story this year. Oh, Zach Kent's a very good one. He's one yeah. that I've got on a list. What do you think are some of the weaknesses in the in the organization? Well, you know, uh, they, they have some some really good shortstops, um, you know, but I don't know that there's one that that right now is ready to take over at, at the major league level. And I know I, I don't know a lot about Josh Smith. Uh, who was brought in from the Yankees or Ezekiel Duran also in that trade. Right. Uh, and then, and then you go way down, you know, uh, Acuna. Acuna. Yeah. Acuna. Costa, uh, uh, Cam Colley, uh, three, three guys who are uh, at, at really the lowest levels, but have, have shown a lot of promise. And, and of course there's Chris Cease, the oft injured, uh, talented guy out again this year. Um, was it high uh, to start the year before he got hurt? Uh, so you just kind of you see a lot of depth, but it's it's still kind of bubbling a little lower uh, and and not quite majorly ready. But I mean, if that's if that's your weakness, if you know, I mean, the Rangers, uh, there's speculation that they're going to go get one of the big shortstops absolutely uh, in free agency this year. You know, then maybe maybe it's not that big of an issue. And 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 then if they don't get one of them, well, they've got Isaiah Kleiner Falefa, right? Who could win love there? So it's uh it's not like a horrible weakness. Um, you know, and and then really, and this is kind of another strength. They 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 went through the year knock on wood without a bunch of major injuries. You know, right. uh, um, you know there was T.K. Roby and Evan Carter uh, got hurt in what May or June. Uh, aren't going to play again this year. We'll we'll probably participate in instructs. But, right. You know, th those are the like the 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 big guys. Acosta did have to have surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome. 
but he's going to be okay next year. Right. So I, I think, you know, when getting through healthy, uh, Cole Reagan's getting through healthy. Uh, a lot of these pitchers getting through healthy is a big deal. And yeah, Sam Huff, that stinks. You know, he had the knee injury, Josh Young, the foot injury, um, but they're healthy now and, and, and playing. Yeah. And I, if I looked at, at weaknesses on this team at all, I don't think there's a, you know, people talk about every organization needs an alpha, one of those big alphas. That's just the, you know, the kids that's knocking on the door at 19 or 20 yeah. and they don't really have the big alpha sure. in the system, which in a lot of times that that's a corner outfielder too. You don't see, and there's not a big corner outfield name. That's just, I mean, look, Evan Carter could be, if he moves to the corner, that's their biggest alpha potential in the minor leagues. He's a, a potential five tool guy, I think. Um, and you know, the good thing about him and Roby too, the injuries that they had, they, this more precautionary keeping them out the rest of the year and, doing that it wasn't more about uh you know the with what was carter carter was the back and then uh yeah, stress fracture in his back yeah roby, roby i think there's a, some initial concern about the the elbow ligament might need tommy john but um he didn't so yeah uh, maybe he, he just rest wood too but you know it, it is okay you don't just because you hurt your elbow doesn't mean you have to have tommy john every exactly time. right uh, and what about surprises you know we, we, let's talk about the guys in the trade uh, anybody surprise you out of that trade? Out of not just the trades in this one, any trades in the last year or two? That any surprises there? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to go back to to last year, D Dustin Harris. I mean, he was in the Mike Miner trade, and he wasn't he wasn't the headliner of that deal. Uh, so that I mean, that's a big deal. This is a guy who who is shot onto the scene. Uh, he's going to get a lot of uh, consideration for the Rangers minor league player of the year. Uh, he can play first base. He can play a little third. They think he can play outfield. So I mean that's 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 a real that's a real development. Yep. Um, I, I think I think um, uh, I think Glenn Otto's been a surprise. Um, yeah, I know he got roughed up his last time. Uh, I think he's starting uh, tonight. But anyway, you know if 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 he's if he can be a piece, I mean what a, what a what a good find. Absolutely. And uh, the, you know the the pro scouting department deserves a lot of credit for that to to identify these guys and. And to get him, but I, I, another surprise, I think, uh, uh, and a pl very pleasant one. Bub Bubba Thompson has has been had a just a wire to wire solid year yep. at Frisco. Uh, looks like he, you know, he was drafted first first round in 2017. Looks like he's finally uh, coming to age. Yeah, got a future again. One of, one of those deals. So um, that that's good. The, these are all very good things for for the Rangers. I, I tell you, another surprise for me out of the trade out of the trades is, is a guy that I don't think anyone expected a lot from who has just had a complete power surge is that Stowers in double A that they got in the Rugie trade. I mean, look, yeah. you know, you, you get an, an outfielder who wasn't producing well there. Look, he's, hit, he's only hitting like 215 or whatever. He's got 19 home runs and he's played the year in double yeah. A. I mean, that's, that's something that could be something. Look, you control that, that, Get your on-base percentage up, but if you're if you're hitting 19 bombs in Double A, which is the big jump that people have to make, they they say the biggest jump in the minor leagues from Single A to Double A. That's where it gets real because you're that's yeah. where the elite prospects go. And uh, 19 home runs, that's that's nothing to you know. I know it's 214 isn't a great average to have, but good lord, uh, who expected that from a guy you got for Ruggie Odor? on the way out that he was basically a, a DFA getting out of here. Yeah, and you know, in a situation like that, it's kind of like. Um... You know the Yankees. You, you you don't think the Yankees are giving you great players, but he was a second rounder, uh, not that long ago from Louisville. Right. Um, so, 
there, there's some talent in there and, and, you know, there, there's, it doesn't, just cause it doesn't mean he has to be in the major leagues today, just cause you got him. Right. You know, these guys are, are developing. That's what the minor league system's for to develop good players. And uh, he obviously isn't going to be in the major leagues uh, this year, probably not next year. Um, but there's something there to work with. You know, they didn't get their hands on him right away because the trade was, was in early April after the major league season started. So there was right. a delay of him getting to camp. And so they didn't really get their arms around him until probably, you know, into the first month, if not the end of the first month of the minor league season. So sure. it's, uh, it's, it, it's something, it's something definitely to keep an eye on for sure. Okay. So let's go. Okay. Not only through trades, were there any trade disappointments or in the system, what are the biggest disappointments? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are disappointed that, that Josh Young uh, was injured in spring training and, uh, very likely is not going to make his major league debut this year. I mean, it sounds like there's a very slim chance if, if something were to pop up, but um, that seems pretty doubtful at this point. And then, you know, Sam Huff also was injured. It seemed like there would have been an opportunity for him to, to get, get behind the plate uh, this year and, and kind of start working with pitchers, guys that he's going to be working with in future seasons. So sure. I think that's a disappointment. But, I mean, you know, on the other side of it, they're healthy now. They've been getting at bats. Yeah, Josh Young, the AAA, and he's, he's hitting well. Looks like he's handling that adjustment fine. Uh, he was our second guest on the, the podcast, if you want to go back and listen to what he had to say. Yeah. Uh, such, such an insightful uh, – that was such an insightful interview, I guess. I mean, he, he was really good. And – uh, Sam Huff, uh, very insightful, smart kid. They they just they really know know the game, and I think that they know what's in front of them. And they're kind of treating this like a development year, uh, as right. they should be. And um, but you know at the same time they want to win. That Frisco team's on on the cusp of a, a playoff berth, and um, they they had a big hand in it. Yeah, and and I I think for me a disappointment. If you're looking at disappointment, especially in the system, somebody that's just really kind of fallen back is is Anderson Tejada, who's just uh, what a yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with him. He looks lost at the plate, even at Double A. Um, well, it, you know, he got called up early. Uh, this, way this too season. early. Yeah. Um, he had the, he had. I mean, he he hit a couple he of bombs. He went from high A to the majors last year. And, yep. and held, held his own. You know, in, in that shortened season. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and he's, he's in Arizona now, uh, rehabbing and, um, he need, he needs to rehab a lot. He's, he's got a swing to rehab. He's actually hitting better right-handed uh, than left-handed, which is his, his natural side. So he's just lost there. Uh, super talented guy. There are so many guys that, that young too. just look at him and, and see all the tools and potential and start drooling. And, uh, but he's, he's got to get it together and I'll, I'll throw in another disappointment uh, by uh, Byron Laura, oh yeah, uh, the Dominican signee in, in nineteen for three point eight million. Um, yeah, he, he he is playing. He's not hurt. Uh, he had that that auto accident in in March in the Dominican, in which uh, a passenger in his truck was killed. Uh, he you know the police investigated it. So he wasn't able to come uh, to minor league spring training. He he had to stay in in, in the the Dominican all all summer. Uh, you know, he, he's free of the charges now. I mean, there weren't any charges ever, but right. I, I think he's cleared of any wrongdoing, just kind of one of those terrible freak accidents. And um, he's, he's starting to hit from what, you know, from what I understand, he, he's focusing on, on baseball a little bit more, but uh, he, he didn't take the, the jump that I think the Rangers had hoped. And, yeah. and then I think similarly, 
uh, Max Acosta, who had the the, the thoracic outlet syndrome in his his first uh, professional season there in Arizona. Um, but you know they're still eighteen. You know they're going to be nineteen next year. So yeah. like they're twenty-five and on the verge of being out of baseball. So uh, if these if these are your problems, then it's been a good year. Yeah, absolutely. I think overall you can't complain too much. And and Anderson, look, he's still young enough that if he gets it together, I mean, he's a switch hitter. He's sure. a big kid. Uh, that could always work out. I mean, you, we've seen it happen. Uh, look at Adolis Garcia for anyone that wants to look at someone who didn't figure it out till he was 28 years old. I mean, you know, so, yeah. so there's plenty of time as long as he stays in your system. All right, sure. I think it's time right now. Let's go and let's bring in Paul here. We're going to talk to Paul Kruger. Kruger? Uh, the director of baseball operations, new baseball director of operations. All right, guys, joining us right now is the new director of baseball operations. He was the director of minor league operations, Paul Kruger. And he's actually also, well, I, I mean, actually, he's joining us from Amarillo, right? Yes, yeah. In, in, in Amarillo, and uh, hopefully can get our Hickory boys over the hump here and kind of a last hurrah over the next four games. So it should be, should be fun for everybody. You at the courtyard there in downtown Amarillo, or have you? There's an embassy suites a block away, so it's uh, it's actually quite nice. All right, well, good. Do you, do you know what a sod poodle is? <laughs> no, but they have a, a terrible winning song that I hope I never have to hear for the next <laughs> four days, because <laughs> that means that we're playing well. But uh, it's a uh, I worked a lot in high desert, as you know, Jeff, and uh, the wind blows out here like it does there, so. Hopefully we can uh, we can keep it in the ballpark tonight and, and pull out some W's over the next couple of days. Yeah, I was following that first game uh, yesterday, the doubleheader, and it was what eight to two, then Frisco went ahead, and then it was ten to nine, and ten and yeah, just yeah, I know I know, I know the Frisco the the Amarillo wind. I, I had a lot of family up there, and I used to play a lot of golf up there, so it's it can be brutal. Yeah, and it's uh, I've actually played golf here, and uh, that didn't go too well. And I'm not sure if it was the wind or just the fact that I'm not good at all. But uh, we'll call it we'll call it the wind. We'll call, call it the wind, maybe. Yes, absolutely. Always make excuses when your golf game is horrible. No it's doubt. the wind. It's 100%. the wind. So what we're doing here, we're doing like a minor league wrap up, uh, and you know, we we John and I had talked a little earlier. I, I think you know, uh, wins and losses wise you, you don't really look at that i think i think that that for the texas rangers has been a very good year on the farm i would agree i think uh even wins and losses you look up and you know three of our four full season teams are gonna are gonna finish over 500 hopefully with round rock making a push here at the end um and even in hickory and i know they've really struggled here at the end but uh you you look at that month and a half two month stretch where they were tops and really on both sides of the ball from the pitching side to the hitting side and the amount of players that they've moved up. But uh, winning's important. I think win, winning builds good culture. It, it provides opportunity for growth and development, pregame, postgame, in game uh, for different opportunities. But uh, you look up and the the success that I think our players have had not only staying within the minor leagues, but uh, I think you're seeing it start to trickle up to the big leagues and, and some of the guys that have gone up there pitching wise with Glenn Otto, AJ Alexi, Jake Latz and Yoel Pozo and you can keep going on and on, but it's uh, it's been a very successful year and I'm very happy with the, the work that our staff put in first and foremost. And then our players really um, most importantly um, have done uh, themselves. So it's been a fun year to and really to get back into it after a down year in 2020. Sure. I, I think, uh, 
there's a lot of unknowns coming into the year because of last year. How do, I mean, it seems like whatever programs you had guys on, they've, they've, they've managed to stay healthy. You haven't pushed guys too hard. Are you guys, it seems like you guys would be comfortable with how things have panned out from just getting back to baseball perspective. Oh, it's a, it's amazing. And it's so good to, to be able to get back. And I think we're, we're thrilled by the way things have gone. Uh, I give a lot of credit to our, our performance department led by Nappy, Napoleon Pichardo and Sean Fields, Chris Olson, uh, and the entire medical staff there. And then on the pitching side with John O'Armo and Danny Clark, the work that they did to put together a tremendous throwing program. I think we've seen how that's played out. And, and ideally, you know, and realistically, we didn't miss 2020. And that was kind of the goal is to keep these guys going and, and have a tremendous throwing program and tremendous plan for these guys and also to check in with them constantly to make them feel like they're a part of the organization and they're a part of the season, even though they're all at home. Uh, we did a count uh, right before the season started, and there are over 15,000 check-ins by our staff members to players, um, for whether on the pitching side, on the position player side, medical staff, strength, so on and so forth. So our goal was to connect with the players nearly five to six days a week um, just, and sometimes it was baseball. Sometimes it was just life. Um, yeah. and it was, how are you doing? Because I think we all struggled with that at times, myself included being a, uh, a, a person who lived by himself. And, and as you know, Jeff, and I'm never at home. And right. I think that couch saw me more than I've ever seen the couch in my entire life, but, uh, yeah. it was, <laughs> it was good from that end, but I think it carried over into the season and the relationships, led to trust and trust led to results and um, and ultimately knock on wood, we've stayed relatively healthy over the last, over this part of the season with just a little bit left to go. Yeah. And the, uh, it seems like, like, you know, some guys had the benefit of being at the alternate camp. Um, and, and one, one who sticks out is Cole Wynn. Um, and, and I think, I think, I think Bubba Thompson had some time at the alternate camp and they, they've both had like, big development years can you talk about those two yeah they've had uh massive wins they've been massive wins this year i think cole win uh the work that he did at the outside with uh with sags brennan cigara and, and jano on the pitching side and then continued that uh into uh, arizona development camp is what we called it uh, rather than instructional league because that's what it was but he, he really pitched the whole year. He got the chance to re, retool, retool and uh, refine his pitch um, characteristics of really all of his pitches and become more comfortable with what he does. And uh, I think we're seeing that play off in the season uh, here so far. I mean, he's had tremendous experiences from the, from the Futures game to um, being able to pitch and make every one of the starts that he's scheduled to make outside of, you know, his little COVID uh, setback he had there. But uh, He's a he's a true starter in our eyes, uh, with four plus pitches that he can he can throw in the zone and when he, when and where he wants at any time, which is is fun to watch. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for the remainder of this year as he as he continues, hopefully into a playoff run. But the composure that he has too is probably another thing that's really taken a step up on on Cole Wynn's uh, behalf. And and I think a lot of that had to do with the alt side and facing major league type hitters day in and day out and having the, 
the uh, belief and and having the success that he did really played out. And and again, being able to fine tune and and craft in uh, what he does well. I think for Bubba, Bubba last year, um, he got his big time was the developmental league. He got a chance to play every single day um, against the highest level competition that was available um, and really build that belief. I think, you know, you look at 2019, he battled an injury. 2018, he was relatively healthy and had a really good year. But um, 2020 allowed him, his body to get healthy and allowed him to really fine tune his swing. Uh, the work that you know, Cody Atkinson has done in 2020 and 2021 combined with Josue Perez, our hitting coach here. He's done a ph- phenomenal job with all of these guys. Um, uh, Bubba's just been able to find the kind of player he is. And, and, and the thing we were talking about uh, as I'm here with them right now is um, he's not just a a one-dimensional type of hitter he's not you know he's got the speed he can bunt he can play the game he's beating shifts which he was never 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 able to do he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark so he's really becoming more of a complete type hitter and I think you're seeing that with the way defenses are approaching him and he's being able to capitalize off of what they're doing so really excited about those two amongst many other players of where they're at currently. John and I were talking earlier about uh, the positives and and we're coming trying to come up with some negatives and there really there really aren't a lot. You guys have you guys have stayed healthy. Um, I, I and I the two the two negatives I chose is that Sam Huff and and Josh Young didn't didn't play in the majors this year. But I mean they're healthy now and uh, it just seems like that they're not you know in, in in this year when you look at the major league team it seems like it's just fine that they didn't they won't be in the major leagues. I would agree. I think I would call both of their seasons successful. I think obviously, you know, uh, starting with Huffy, I think we'd all, um, he'd all, and he could say it himself would like to be hitting better than he is, but uh, coming back from some of the injuries that he's had, especially with the knee in the off season and being able to play a majority of his games, even at first base, uh, you know, he'll move back to catcher here when the season ends and work towards being his position, which is catcher. But uh, I think it's been successful from the fact that he's gotten the face upper level pitching night in and night out learn from what he does and how he needs to make adjustments um, but uh, I would I would not consider it uh, a failure I think it's just areas to improve and the ability to show that he can do different things and uh, when he does take one of his tools away which was our choice to remove catching that he's still a valuable piece and I think Josh Young obviously had the setback with the injury earlier in the season but uh, the work that he did in double A for the period of time he was there Triple-A now, I think the uh, Ranger fans have a lot to be excited about with this kid. I think the defense is is superb. Um, it's, he's a type of guy, I was talking to a scout when I was in Round Rock last week, and he's the type of guy where when you watch from day in and day out, you just realize and appreciate what he can do. Um, it's it's not flashy, but it's he'll drive the ball to where it's pitched. He can hit the ball out to all parts of the ballpark. He can hit any pitch at any time, anywhere. Um, and, and really the thing that I think a lot of people were wondering is the defense and the defense has been um, so been very good. Like I mentioned earlier, and his first step is immaculate. Uh, the guy prepares like none other pregame, but also pre-pitch. And it's fun to watch and something that I really picked up on through Kenny Holmberg, a former infield coordinator, now our round rock manager. Um, and you just watch him pre-pitch and the, the things that he's doing to read the hit or read what pitch is coming, understand swings. It's it's excellent. And it's a uh, high level stuff from coming from a kid that is really playing in his first full season um, as a professional. You're on mute, Jeff. 
the, the thing that you wanted him to work on was pull side power. And um, he, he's done that and he's still able to go the other way. I mean, he's got, I think he has 16 homers as we, as we sit here right now. And uh, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, that, that yeah. and, and what shoot, he doesn't have too many at bats. No, and the amount of yeah, the amount of games that he's missed, uh, I think it's like it's 270 plate appearances, roughly something like that. I'm not 100. I might be wrong there, um, but anyways, um, it, he could. That that's what's the fun part is. We like to talk about and, and Cody preaches uh, solutions, solutions for various pitches and his ability to have that pull side power and understand counts, understand what the pitcher is trying to do to him is a, is giving him another weapon. I think the big thing that he's learning and, and that's through really in triple a where you have a little more advanced type pitchers is yeah i have the pull side ability but my ability to hit the ball out in right center field is just as important and just as vital and valuable frankly as my pull side power so having all of those those clubs as we like to say in, the, in playing golf in your in your golf bag or in your tool tool bag is uh, important and he's got those uh two two other areas i you guys gained a lot of depth this year. Um, not just what developed, but through, through the, the trade deadline also. Um, and, and really it, it dates to, to last year's trade deadline with, with Dustin Harris. So um, just, I, you know, nobody likes to trade Joey Gallo. I, I, I know that, but um, it seems like that those two trades, the Gibson trade and, and the, the, the Gallo trade kind of, um, maybe brought some more attention to your system the that it had been overdue yeah i think that would that's fair to say as well as obviously our second overall pick uh, didn't help the cause yeah. didn't hurt the cause there as well <laughs> um but uh but yeah i think and i think the type of player we brought in and that's kudos to our, our pro pro department and um the guys from the yankees and, and then you mentioned too like dustin harris a name that you know a lot of people thought marcus smith was the big the big get there and marcus smith's going to be a tremendous player he's, he's playing currently in arizona as a rehabber um and he's on his way back and will get full time in the instructional league but um you start adding these pieces and when you add pieces and you have big names that are doing what what we expect them to do other names also start to show up and you start to recognize the type of talent and depth to your point, Jeff, that we have in the system. Uh, you look at that team at the at one point there in, in Hickory, where you had Dustin Harris, Blaine Krim, J Justin Foscue, you had uh, Josh Smith, uh, Ezekiel Duran, all in one infield. And it was just prospects all over the place. And it was a, it was a fun thing to follow, but I think for guys in the system and, and for our staff as well, it's, it's fun to get that recognition. It's not something that we, we pride ourselves or push ourselves to be, hey, we have to be a top 10 farm system, top five farm system. It's not what we talked about in PD, but what we talked about is making sure that, that the work that we done and that our players were putting in and the type of players that we had was recognized um, internally as well as externally. And I think that's starting to happen. So it's, uh, it's fun to go to the ballpark every day knowing that you're not there just to see player X. You're really there to see one through nine and not just the starter, but every bullpen has got some reliever that or multiple relievers, I should say, that uh, have a chance to help us in the big ones. Yeah, you mentioned the draft. I mean, and then uh, number two overall, Jack Leiter. But you guys pick second in every round. And, um, you know, I, uh, Willie Calhoun, I was talking to him yesterday. He had rehabbed in, in Arizona. And I said, hey, did anybody stand out there? And he said, he said Ricky Venasco, who he stood in a, a, against bullpens. But then he said the third rounder, Cam Colley. 
he said he said cam Colley can do everything so it it seems like you guys didn't just hit at the the very top you hit you know aaron zavala is doing well at two cam Colley four and four and five are in the acl too so it seems like there's just uh early indications are you've had a good draft yeah, I would I would say so. I think we're really excited about what uh, obviously what Jack's going to provide us when uh, when he gets going. We uh, kudos to the performance department. They've been really uh, really neck and neck with him all throughout the last couple of months and been with him constantly. And then to like you mentioned uh, Zavala, he's continued to hit since he's been promoted to Down East. Cam Colley is a tremendous player, just like uh, Willie said, can do a bunch of different things and uh, all over the field, you know, can run like the wind. He's a plus runner, but plays really good shortstop and really can control the bat. So excited about him. And then you keep going down the line with, uh, with Mahler and um, you got uh, Tucker Mitchell, who really has stood out with a bat, um, you know, pitching wise, uh, Bradford Webb, a name that uh, didn't get a lot of, uh, a lot of publicity has done a great job. Evan Elliott, Larson Kendrich, it just keeps going on and on, and, and not just from this past draft. Uh, give a lot of credit to our amateur department with Kip Fag, running by Kip Fag and Adam Lukowitz with uh, with Evan Carter, a name that I know got uh, a lot of publicity, uh, good and bad, on the night of the draft. And I mean, you look up, and in our estimation, he's got a chance to be one of our top players um, when he's going, and he can do a lot of different things. So just a tremendous job of, of finding and recognizing cha- talent, uh, in our opinion, by our amateur scouting department. And, and it's really been fun to, to kind of see how all those departments over the last really two years have come together more and more and better than ever with the amateur pro and player development really trying to work as a unit. And I'm excited to see how that continues to go. And then uh, up next is instructs. What, who, who's going to be there and, and, and what, what, what do you expect to see? Yeah, I mean, instructs um, is always a fun time. It's always been one of my favorite times of the year um, because you get uh, a lot of your top guys really from high A down. The majority of the players are high A down, and really most of them are in the Arizona guys. Um, just gives us an opportunity from the coordination coordinator staff to be around them, see them, work individually with them on different things. And you'll have some guys that could come there, such as, you know, Dustin Harris is a guy that's scheduled to be there and he's going to, you know, focus in on some things defensively. And uh, can we move him more around the field and get him playing some third base like he has playing some potentially some outfield, but finding new ways for him to, to, uh, to be as versatile because he's a really good athlete. Um, then you talk about on the pitching side, um, you get uh, you get a bunch of those younger guys there. You know, the Gessner will be Josh Gessner will be there. All of our draft picks will be there. Um, and it'll be a lot of one on one time with guys rather than focusing solely on the season where um, you know, you're focused on that 7 p.m. game for to use that term. Um, it's really about the player themselves and the instruct part of uh, individualizing their plan. So um, using our performance center, using all everything we have in Arizona, there's just so much that we can do, so much information that we can gather and so many great plans that we can put in place for for arguably the most important time that they're going to have. And that's going to be from now October, since our season goes so so late from October until next uh, April when their season starts. So that five months is just vital. Will will Young and Huff uh, go to Instructs, or will they play elsewhere this this uh, off season to catch up on whatever they might have missed? 
So some of those decisions are still being made. Um, some of the guys will, some of the older guys, you know, Davis Wenzel, who's missed a bunch of time, Justin Foscue, um, those kind of guys will likely play, whether it's the fall league or uh, some other type of league, they, they will come to instructs likely for a period of time. It's kind of hit or miss depending on the situation. But uh, I think it's important that we try to get these guys games, just like innings with a guy like Tim Brennan in double A who missed a bunch of time um, early in the season. You've you got to get these guys to a certain workload um, to be able to go full bore next year. So good season, good prospects, and you got a, you got a promotion. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no i i take zero credit for that honestly i i uh you know the work that our we talk about it a bunch and being here in, in frisco with these guys i was just in round rock and it's been to, to call what it is it's been a complete 180 from where we were last year sitting on the couch and it's yeah. been tough on a lot of people because we've been away and you've been away from home and what you got used to in 2020 was back to what reality is in our business and 2021. So I really can't uh, commend and cannot thank the staff enough for what they've done and the amount of time that they're away from their family and the work that they put in for these kids. But also, most importantly, the work that our kids do. We have tremendous kids, tremendous character, tremendous people on and off the field. And that's what leads to the success. And I think that's why we're having success. And I think that's why um, the Rangers are going to get back to where we, we all want to be in the big leagues because of not just the, the type of player we have, but the type of people we have. Yeah, that's the thing. These kids are so good. And then just like people, just so nice and smart. And they just seem to know what, what they want. And yeah. they yeah. go about it without any and without, without ego. Just it seems like that's kind of what Chris Woodward wants, you know, in, in, in a player. So, uh, yeah. And I, I know, I know you guys, when, when it comes to acquiring guys, you guys look at that and that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Make, makeup's huge character's huge. And I think the way that a guy plays the game of baseball is huge. And you look at some of the guys that have gone up there recently, um, and the way that the big league team, um, it, it's fun to watch. It's a fun product that, that, uh, creates opportunities to score um by really being aggressive it's selectively aggressive it's something that uh at times we'll have to pull our hair out because you're like no no no, you can't run there this is not a time to run but uh what is fun on the flip side is those are teachable moments and we'd rather be able to pull you back than you know have to have to give you a little tap on the back to to get you going so it's a it's a fun environment and, and that's all started by the type of players we have and pushed by the the great staff and coaches that we have that work with them on a day in and day out basis. Awesome. Hey, Paul, what, uh, you travel a lot as a, as a director of minor league operations, right? How much do you travel? <laughs> um, I'm on the road. Well, in 2019, we'll use that number. Yeah, let's go. There. I was on the road, uh, 252 days. I uh, keep track of every oh day. And yeah. Um, this year it's no, well, 2020 was my low point of my entire career, obviously. Yeah. And then 2021, um, I'm, I'm on the road to roughly 20 days, if not more a month. Um, I've actually, this is weird to say, especially transitioning into my new role. Uh, I have yet to be at a big league game, a major league game this season. Holy so God. I've yet to see our stadium with fans. Oh, wow. That's right? yeah. So I couldn't tell you what that's like, um, whether that's, and it's usually because I'm on the road as we are home right now, I'm on the road. Um, but, uh, I, 
two reasons for that. Uh, number one is uh, I, it's important that, you know, we see our players and evaluate our players and staff and provide that help where needed and, and be around. And, and also with the two affiliates that we own in Hickory and down East, um, I, I help those guys out as well. And it's kind of fun to be a little bit kind of a consultant, if you will, for lack of the title or anything, but uh, it's fun to kind of dip your toe in that. But number two, and it's something that I'm a big believer in is when we have, camps we have events going on we have the season going on and we require our players and staff to be away from their family I think it's 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 important that we reciprocate that and we do the same thing so I I make it a point that any time that we have something going on I'm there for support I'm there to show that I'm there to I'm with them if they need anything I'm in the fight with them I'm in the I'm in the trenches um, I've actually had to suit up this year in uniform for various reasons. And I coached first base because we had some COVID issues with our staff. So oh, wow. I got, to, I got to experience things that uh, I never thought I was, but, uh, and it's not by any means to say that I have any clue what I'm doing as in terms <laughs> of a coach similar to the guys that we have and the quality of people that we have. But I think it's important that these guys know we're there for them and we're there with them most importantly. And, and that's what I like to do. And, that's what that's what I'm going to miss most about this new new job, and it's going to provide new opportunities. But being there with these guys day in and day out in, in these towns is is something that uh, is truly important to me, and I enjoy it more than more than I can explain on here. Are you, is my, your my first, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. My first Paul Kruger, uh, real memory of interacting with him where it was in the Dominican uh, in 2014, and I had uh, it was my first time down there, and we were driving around. Uh, you know, the, compl the old complex was in Boca Chica and so was the new one, but the old dumpy place. And uh, we were driving around and I wanted to see where Jairo Barris, um, <laughs> who was the Ballyhooed pro uh, signee that year, where yeah. he had grown up because I'd heard that it was just a, a very uh, uh, poor, grew up very poor third, third world type of situation. And um, it was, I mean, it was, his house was like a, a tin shed and, um, but we we were leaving the hometown, the little town, like just off the spot on the road, and and there are some kids playing baseball, and so at this dilapidated field. But they were having a great time. And Paul gets out and just starts talking Spanish to him, <laughs> just like he just like he was their best friend, and you know they were talking to us back. And I mean, I, it, it, anyway, Paul's Paul's been around. I guess that's what I'm getting to. He's been all over the place all over the map. He's done so much with the organization. So um, uh, kind of uh, one of the behind the scene guys, you know, you always hear from John Daniels and, and Chris Young, but it's guys like Paul that, that help make the, help make the thing go. He probably saw an 11 year old that looked promising. That's what he said. Where's your mom and dad Are your mom and dad. You, you didn't understand Jeff. You don't speak Spanish. <laughs> no doubt. No, but that was, I mean, I got my start in the Dominican in 2009, summer 2009, lived down there for three years. So um, I've, uh, I, I know what it's like and that really the memories and, and Kenny Holmberg and I were talking about it a couple of days ago that, uh, cause he was the, he was one of my managers. Tingler was number one. He was the first manager. Kenny Holmberg was the second one. Um, and we were just joking about the, the good times, the crazy times, the not so good times, uh, that you get to experience. But I tell everybody, there's no better place to start because you're on your own Island literally on an <laughs> island by yourself and uh, the mistakes and I guess areas to uh, improve, if you want to call them that, uh, that you get to experience or you, you can't, 
you can't get those in the United States. You can't get those in uh, normal internships and being able to be down there, live down there. Uh, that experience was something I'll never forget. And I, every time I talk to students or people, I say, find something like that. Find something nobody else at the time wanted to do. Go down there, be a part of it, embrace it. And, uh, and I, that's only going to help you whether you end up staying in the game or not. Did you, yeah. now, let me ask you this. Is the new job going to, are you going to travel near as much with the new job? I don't believe so. At least not to these types of cities. Um, I think, uh, I think I'll be traveling uh, uh, a bit with the, the major league club. Um, I obviously, you know, if it, if the opportunity pre presents itself, uh, we'll, we'll likely travel to, to some of our affiliates, but uh, most of my job will be with the, or most of it, if not all of it will be with the major league club and major league operations. It's going to put a dent in your airline miles, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I hear the plane's nice, though. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I've never been on it, but I don't know if I'd want to fly either. I don't know if I'd want to fly with the players. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Not you. You're the media. You can't talk to you. <laughs> well, I mean, back back in the day, that's the way it was. You know, until mm -hmm. probably, I, I think until the late the late 80s, that's the way it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, but... Hey, they have their privacy. I want mine too. So there you go. Well, All Paul, right. Paul, Hey, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I, I know that you're, you're busy. You're probably transitioning from one to the next, uh, with, with the job, but just taking time to come out. This is new for Jeff and I We're four episodes in and we get the, the new director of baseball operations. Paul Kruger comes on with us, man. We can't thank you enough. I know you got a busy day and thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for everything you guys are doing to, to push push the organization, push minor league baseball, Jeff. It's uh, it's a huge part of us, and it's a huge part of uh, – and it, it means a lot to the people. It means a lot to our players and staff. So thank you all. Okay, that was Paul Kruger, the director of baseball operations. It was good having him on. Um, before we get Cole on here, let's go into a couple of awards we might do for some of these minor league players. Sure. Sure. Okay, so uh, uh, but start? let's start, start with uh, comeback player of the year. Who do you think is comeback player of the year? Well, I we just we just mentioned his name. Yeah, it's, it's got to be Cole Reagan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> look, he, he's he's not just coming back from one Tommy John surgery. He's coming back from two Tommy John. Sure. Surgeries. He had not pitched in a, in a in a baseball game that matters since 2017. All right. Right. That is that is a long time. Um, you know, the good news, I guess, is he was young then. He's still young now. Right. Uh, but he, he's come back, um, pitched really, really well at Hickory. You know, I think, I think, you know, I'd talked to him in May for a story. And he's saying, yeah, you know, just kind of getting back in the routine, you know, feeling the good kind of soreness that you're supposed to feel after a start. Just right. getting used to those things. And then he, then he took off. And uh, he ended up uh, being in the Futures game along with Cole Wynn. Um, which is a huge honor sure. and, and uh, got, got to Frisco. And, and I just think that uh, it, it's, it's a victory for a lot of people in the, in the system from the, the rehabs, uh, rehab guys uh, sticking with them, you know, and it, but it's a huge victory for him. I mean, you know, for, to talk about uh, being able to overcome adversity and, and, and come out the other side, uh, on, on the right side of things, uh, you know, great for him. Yeah. And I, I think the only other one you could, I mean, there's a couple guys you could, you can look that have come back from injuries that haven't Owen white was one that had Tommy John surgery. He put up good numbers. He got hurt again because of a stupid, got a little, I mean, he's got some, uh, 
Got some uh, emotions there that, that got the yeah, best of him. Yeah. What, what did he he punch the ground or did he punch the wall? He punched the ground in his first first start on opening night. Yeah, broke his hand. But it, he's back yeah. now. He's back in down east pitching. Uh, Mason Engler also in down east. Yep. He had I, Tommy surgery. So yeah, th- th- those are good things. And then really, you know, you you could have we could have picked Bubba Thompson, I guess for for I had him written down. Based on where he was in 2019, uh, he got hurt a couple different times and was just lost. Yep. Uh, so, um, but you know, good stories, fun, fun, fun stories, and and again, a good a good thing for the organization that these guys are are, are back and doing good good things. Absolutely, but but none of those are going to compare to two Tommy John surgeries and the way Coles looked this year. So Reagan's easily is the comeback player for me. What about uh, what about uh, any breakthrough players? Well, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about Dustin Harris. Yep. I, I think that's a, that's a, a big one. Um, he, I don't know. He may be your player of the year, maybe my player <laughs> of the year. We, we can't give it away just yet. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> he, to, to, again, he wasn't the, the headline piece in that, uh, in that Mike Miner trade. And he certainly is now. Uh, he's, uh, he's, hitting that 360 370 somewhere in there yeah uh he's he's torn up high a you know he he went from low a and got better uh so i i think that's a very pleasant breakthrough he uh ha, has jumped onto top 30 prospect lists in the industry so sure uh, i'm gonna go with dustin harris on that one yeah it's it it's it's hard to argue with dustin harris as far as breaking through or breaking out that that's a good one to look yeah. at unless you want to go into to, to, to someone like a Snyder who, but we all knew Snyder could throw good, but he kind of busted out the way he's been throwing. Uh, I think, I think Cody Bradford's worth, worth a mention here yep. too. Sure. Uh, you know, he was injured in 2019 in his last year at college at, at Baylor and the Rangers really right. hadn't seen him pitch until this year. So, uh, and he's had a great year and has ascended to double a too. So uh, there, there are some, some breakthrough candidates, but I, I think, uh, I, I think Harris is, is, probably the one that's getting getting talked about the most okay so let's go to mvp of the year um and i think it's hard for me to argue breakthrough player is mvp player to me i i'm still on dustin harris and the year he's had i hope this continues um but uh for me i mean if you want to look at someone else who's had a you know great year that's come through you know you can look at curtis terry and what he was doing before he got called up or maybe someone like foscu who was unbelievable till he got to double a which he's finally yeah. starting to get there but um but yeah i think dustin for me yeah um F- foskey was hurt also yes uh, so so he probably didn't play enough josh young didn't play enough You're right uh to, to be like the player of the year uh you know and 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 i i can't we talked about this guy uh last show uh i i think it's got to really just straight up numbers perspective it's it's Blaine Krim. Uh, oh yeah. At, at Frisco now he's he's got 27 home runs. If he has a good weekend he could finish with 30. Um but his 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 numbers will be unmatched in in the system. Right. And you know, I I asked uh I asked Paul last week for Friday on the farm is Blaine Krim a prospect? And and you know, cuz cuz he's not in any top 30 lists. And, and Paul said, yeah, he should be um, just because he hits. Um, he, he's, he's not great defensively, right, at, at first base, but like he's better than Curtis Terry. He can hold, he can hold his own. Um, and, and he's not, he's not he, can, he can also play a little left field. So he's, he's athletic enough to get out there. 
Um, he's, he's not Mike Napoli going out there to play left field. No. You know, it's, it's a, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's serviceable. So if he can add a little versatility, uh, play decent enough at first base and hit like he hits, I, I don't, I don't see how, uh, this guy is not a, a, a prospect in a future major leaguer. Well, I get to pat myself on the back at the beginning of the year when I was at the other place, um, I did a top 20 and I did have Blaine Krim in the top 20. Uh, you know, my criteria, you can't have ever played a major league game, but um, I did have him. I think I had him close to, I have to go back and look at it, but it was 15 to 20. Somewhere in there I had him because of the numbers he had put up before coming out of college. Okay, so we got to end it with pitcher of the year. So yeah, I, um, I know who I think. So I think you probably think the same thing. Go ahead. I, I, do, think it's, I do think it's Cole Wynn. Um, yeah. But I don't think it's a blowout. I don't, I don't think he. I've got two other names also. I don't think it's a, a runaway. I think you have to look at AJ Alexi and what Alexi did. Um, just man, like a one point six six ERA. That's that's pretty darn pretty darn salty. It's better than it's better than Cole Wins ERA. Yep. Uh, neither of them is going to pitch enough to qualify for any of the end of the season awards. But uh, I just think you know when when people talk about Cole Win, um, they say it's four quality pitches, and then and. AJ Alexi has four pitches, but they're not as good as Cole wins. Right. So you see what Alexi's done. I know he got uh, maybe, maybe not not exactly knocked around. He did it was some of his own doing on uh, on Monday night. But um, if 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 that's AJ Alexi, if if he's going to be, let's say that's a number four starter, and Cole wins better, and you've got no no worse than a three. Yeah. Um, my goodness. I mean, that, that, that's, that's pretty good. And the Rangers needed to see it. You know, they'd seen the last time they saw him pitch, it was, it was 19, uh, low way. Uh, he was up, he was up and down, um, had to figure some things out and then, uh, obviously didn't pitch in 20, but th- th- this year it was just, it's just, and it's been wired to wire. It's not like he struggled and, right. and wasn't able to, there haven't been any ups and downs. It's been a, it's been a straight, straight line this way, straight line upward. And, and um, that's just that, you know, you, you hear every, every manager, every coach talk about, well, he's got to be consistent. Well, Colwyn's been consistent all year. And I right. think that's the, that, that if anything is, is the most significant thing is that it's been consistent the whole season. Yeah. And if you've watched him at all and, and looked at him on the mound and his presence on the mound, how he delivers and how he looks, he looks like a starting pitcher and he carries himself like one, the way he throws his pitches, the, his out pitch when it's on, you know, he'll have that slider or that uh, change up he throws. I mean, it, it is impressive to watch um, him. It just, his composure on the mound. He does. He just looks like he's not intimidated at all. So he, he was easy for me. The other names you did AJ Alexi, which is, is another name he's in the big league. So for me, I'm not thinking in the big leagues right now. I'm thinking of, you know, and these guys didn't put up near the numbers, but again, your guy, you've talked about Cody Bradford's had a decent year coming through and Zach Kent, who has uh, just kind of jumped up and, and made his way here. Uh, the numbers aren't near as flashy as Cole's, but Hey, this is a guy eating innings and not a free out there throwing straight strikes and and uh uh that's another guy who's who's who could be in the conversation no one's going to top cole in the year he had but those are two yeah. good names no kent kent is a he's a four-pitch guy his fastball gets into the upper 90s he, he's he had two uh, uh little hiccups here recently at frisco but you know one, one thing that uh um 
these 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 guys who didn't pitch last year, they're going to have fatigue at the end of the sure. season. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, their their performance there is going to dip the, the the their stuff the quality of their stuff's not going to be as sharp as it was uh in in, in june and july so and that's okay you know yeah. that, that's part that's part of developing you got to get stronger i mean you see it in the major leagues uh, guys who get tired at the end of the year so uh but but yeah that's 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 a good that's a good name to keep an eye on and and um that, that's a good one. Yeah, and that's a guy that's going to be in either the AA or the AAA rota- rotation next year uh, coming out of spring training, and he's going to be a guy that could get a spot start next year if he continues. Uh, some, what I'm yeah. talking about, Zach Kent, and even Bradford. Um, Bradford, too. I mean, these guys, these are two rotation pieces that are in either AA or AAA. And, and people, you've got to remember this, too, and everyone, you know, COVID killed it. I mean, these guys are getting over 80 innings, trying to get up to 100, but that's 100 after having none. In, in yeah. 2020, I mean, these guys right. were on. They some of them didn't even come and play at the the you know the ones that got to go over and play at the alternative side. They got to throw and face batters. The rest of them, you were on your own. Yeah, and then you know we if you want want to take it one step further since you're since you're naming out rotation 2022 rotations already, uh, you know the the round rock rotation is going to look a lot like I think the Frisco rotation this year. Yeah, uh, to start the year, you know. I, I'm not saying AJ Alexi can't make the opening day roster, but sure. you know, he's not going to get to hundred innings. No. Um, and, and it, there's nothing wrong with him starting during the minors. There's, sure. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Cole women, obviously will be at round rock. Yep. Um, Rangers had some decisions on some rule five guys like Jake Latz. They protect him. He's very, and he doesn't, you know, or if they don't and he doesn't get picked up, he, he would be, he's there now at, at round rock. Right. I think Reagan's Bradford Kent, uh, open next year at Frisco and then we'll see what happens. But, yep. um, there's going to be, there's going to be some really good pitching rotations, uh, at the upper two levels to start next season. Yeah. And then you got people like, like Owen White, Roby, and those guys that'll probably start out at Hickory who, if they do anything like they did, like a Zach Kent did this year could wind up next year in double a by the end of the season, uh, coming up, but it's more about innings and it's got, these kids have never pitched more than 40 innings in high school or whatever. It's a lot. You've got to build the arm strength up because look, a good major league pitcher now is at least getting 150 innings in the major leagues. Well, and I think it'll be interesting to see where the Rangers start, uh, Jack lighter. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I think, the experience he's had at Vanderbilt and the co- level of competition they've played, you know, Hey, I, it wouldn't be surprising to start him at, at double A. I would I, think it, so. It, yeah. Really, you know, um, I'd be okay with that. And maybe, maybe he pitches at high a for a month and moves up, but um, it, it, it's uh, yeah. Like I said, these, these rotations have a chance to be really good in the minor leagues next and, year. And I think it's easy, not, not that the Rangers aren't afraid to travel and send people out to watch and scout and do that, but when you're, when you're uh, John Daniels and, and Chris Young, and it's, it's easier to, to, to drive over to Frisco to watch your, your number one yeah. pitcher pitch than trying to yeah. catch a quick plane up to Hickory and, or catch him over somewhere in North or South Carolina. So, and he's, look, he's 21. He's not young. He's not the 18-year-old coming out of high school. Um, sure. he's had, and he had a hundred innings this year for, for Vanderbilt. Yeah. 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 It was 110. Yeah. I thought it was 101, but I read the one in zero, my dyslexia on the innings there. I read that wrong. He's going to, he's going to, he has more innings than Coleman's going to have this year. Yep. So I think everything's, everything's just fine. Yep. Absolutely. Do you think they send him to fall instructs or is he going to stay at Vanderbilt? Uh, well, I think, I think he's, I think he's going to come for like the, 
a weekend or a, you know a, a long stay a longish stay but he he is taking classes at Vanderbilt and they they trust the you know what he's doing there um from a baseball workout perspective um so he he my understanding is he's going to go to school this semester and then once the semester ends he's he's probably going to be uh an early arrival to, to, to surprise, maybe like in, in January early. So um, be interesting to see. Okay, guys, let's bring in Cole Reagans right now, left-handed pitcher for the Texas Rangers. All right, joining us right now from Amarillo, Texas, where the Frisco Rough Riders are playing the Amarillo Sod Poodles or whatever that thing is out there, the, <laughs> uh, is Texas Ranger left-handed pitcher, Cole Reagans, and what a year for Cole coming back. Uh, obviously, comeback player of the year. We talked about that. Uh, Cole, welcome to the show. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, so do you know what a, do you know what a sod poodle is? So I have no idea what a sod poodle is. Um, golly, I think I looked it up the other day, and, and I already can't remember. But it's, it's, it's a prairie dog. Yeah, that's what it is. That's right, a prairie dog. Oh. Uh. That makes sense because every time on the on the scoreboard, I always see the prairie dog, but I never put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna that's funny. Tell my kids that hey, it's that's not a prairie dog; it's a sod poodle. Uh, yeah, so uh, you guys are right in the thick of it here. Yeah, it's everything. I've, us and Arkansas and Northwest are all right on top of each other. It's gonna come down to. I feel like the last game of the week. Yeah, which is the last game of the season, right? I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, can you believe it's already over? No, honestly, it, it's like you. Looking back, I've had days or weeks where it's like, dang, I feel like I've been in this city for for a month. But like looking back over the whole season, it's flown by. Like I feel like yesterday we were breaking spring training. Yeah, um, and and you know you started in Hickory, obviously. Um, first time you pitched in four years. And, yeah, and uh, did did well. Went to the Futures game, then then got to Frisco. So, kind of talk about when you came back initially there in Hickory. Maybe it took you a couple starts to to get used to the all the baseball stuff, but you found a rhythm. It looks like. Yeah, I mean, my so my first start back. Actually, the first pitch I threw in a real game that meant something back got it was a home run very first pitch i threw oppo bomb first start back first pitch of the game see ya. i was like oh my gosh welcome back yeah i was like holy cow but no i mean it's i try to tell myself to just kind of you know take it like when i was in hickory take it day by day like enjoy that to enjoy the fact that I'm actually getting to play baseball again. I'm not sitting in Arizona rehabbing my elbow and that kind of stuff. Like I'm actually getting to play and have fun and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, futures game. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that was very unexpected for you. Oh, very. I, I Probably one of the most unexpected things that's ever happened to me. Like I wasn't even, I didn't even know there was a first, I didn't even know there was a futures game going on this year. Like I, I didn't, hadn't heard anything about it. No one really had talked about it on the team. So it was just like, and then I got called into the office one day and I thought it was, I didn't know what was going on. And, um, they, we called, uh, Kami, Keith Comstock, who's the rehab 
um, like on-field rehab guy. And he told me over the phone and I was just like, holy moly. I called my wife, told her, and I was just like, that's the most, uh, one of the most unexpected things that's ever happened. Uh, and then, uh, so you, now you're in Frisco with Frisco. Uh, yeah. What would what have been the differences between high A and, and double A? Um, double A, I'd say the hitters make you pay for your mistakes a lot more often than high A. Okay. Like, you hang a curveball here. I've done it twice in my past two outings, and it's gotten hit pretty hard. Um, where sometimes you might get away with that in, in high A, but here most of the time it, they're they're ready for the mistake. Um, I mean, it, the guys here are a lot more – I feel like they go up there – there's a lot more guys that go up to the plate with a, a plan in mind, like, hey, I'm going to – look for this or I know he's got this and I know he doesn't throw it in the zone very much or they have really good eyes really good approaches like that kind of thing okay so I mean this has been a good challenge yeah 100 percent all right uh how, how are you feeling at this point I mean you know we we haven't gotten into the, your injury history here but this is, this is, this is <laughs> no I mean I feel good I feel good I mean yeah Go ahead. Obviously, um, this is the most innings I've thrown in my life. So, um, velo's a little down, but I mean, overall, my body, my body feels good. I mean, hopefully, get one more start in and then go from there. Okay, so the injury history to Tommy John's. The first, one, yeah, the first one you're probably like, well, all right. And the second one you're probably like, oh, what the heck is this? so yeah but, i mean but the, the, i mean the second one i remember you telling me we were talking earlier this year like you threw a pitch and you couldn't you couldn't even get it to home play yeah i literally i i couldn't i tried everything i couldn't like i th i threw six pitches and i literally i felt like i couldn't get any of them to home plate like it was just just i don't even know how to explain the pain that my that i felt like it was just like I really I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> did you well, did you know again that it was the elbow? Did you know after you tried? Did you know that's what it was? Yeah, I had a pretty good idea. I didn't know how serious it was, but I knew it was something to do with my elbow. Yeah, and I, I also recall um, from that conversation we had, it was in May. Um, yeah. Basically, Keith Comstock said, "You can quit, or we can do this again." Yep, exactly. He said you can take it to the house, or you can go through the whole process again. And you chose wisely, it seems. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I'll never quit. I mean, it's injury's going to have to put me out, something like that. But so there was never any thought of, you know, what I'm just, I don't want to do this again. Yeah, no. Good. No. no. So, so Keith Comstock, obviously, I, I think you and you and Chris Cease probably know him better than anybody in the organization. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you also, your first time went through rehab with Edinson Volquez. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about that guy, because he he'd had two Tommy Johns. Now, obviously, <laughs> years and years apart, but it seems like he might have been a, a pretty good good resource for you to. He's awesome. He's treated everybody the same he didn't care if you had big league time or you you know were first second year 
in pro ball. He didn't, he didn't care. He'd come up, talk to you, you know, you could ask him questions. He'd answer them like just super down to earth, humble, awesome guy. Like it was, I don't even know. He was, he was awesome. Like never, never came in in a bad mood, like always outgoing, always in a good mood. It was, it was awesome to have him. I mean, I'm guessing the days you didn't want to be there, he kind of picked you up a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the whole group, the rehab group, like if someone's having a bad day, you kind of start cutting up and then get that person out of like their little funk and then go from there. Okay. But so, so now that we're at the end of the season, you, you've made it through start to finish. Um, you're, you've caught the attention of, of a lot of the industry publications again and, and scouts and you're back on the prospect lists. I know you don't pay any attention to that, but do you feel like you're back? Yeah. I mean, first half of the season, I felt like that's the best I've, I've been ever. Like, I mean, Velo was good. I was figuring, I started messing around with a slider that was helping me out, which obviously still throwing it, still helping me out a lot. Um, feel like, I mean, I feel like I came back better than I'd ever been. So what's next? Get better, figure out, fine tune things, breaking balls. I mean, mechanical, little mechanical tweaks that'll help me, you know, use my legs a little more, that kind of stuff. Are you, are you headed to Arizona after this, or are they going to give you the give you some time off? Uh, give me some time. I'll go to Arizona for a couple of days, but that's it. Nothing like – I'm not going to be in instructs or anything. Okay, good. I mean, you've, you've, you've spent enough time in surprise, all right? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. You could probably run for mayor if baseball doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. You're the mayor of surprise. Yeah. 20-something kid leading all those seniors around. I can see it now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's good hey um one one thing john that we also talked about back in may this is a great conversation by the way it was it was during uh one of my daughter's soccer soccer games so oh yeah there are whistles being blown in the background <laughs> yeah. Wind blowing. Yeah. ridiculous but um and I'm, I'm very envious of this about cole reagan's he does not have a twitter account <laughs> so you can you, you can you explain cole why you got rid of twitter <laughs> So I never like, like I, my account is still on Twitter. Like if you look up my name and stuff, but I deleted the whole app off of my phone because right. when I was going through rehab, all I did was sit there and scroll through Twitter and I'd just be like, see all the baseball stuff, see all the kids that, you know, were my age or younger drafted same year or whatever, making it to the big leagues. And then it just pissed me off and like <laughs> put me in, put me in a really bad mood and make me just like be all up in my head and so I was like you know I can't, I can't do this to myself anymore like I got to delete Twitter like stop looking at it because then I can live like I don't know what's the word like I won't have so much like going on in my head like I won't be thinking about it I'll just be able to I'll be able to go to the field play baseball like get better like not have to be like oh this kid's making it. i need to do this like why am i not there why am i the one to get hurt like that kind of stuff yeah. just forget about that stuff like everything happens for a reason yeah i uh i mean that's basically like you okay so you have an account but you don't 
paying attention to it. I wish. I yeah, no, like I have, I don't have the app on my phone or nothing. I don't go oh, on Twitter. People three, two, you have no idea. Good. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, Twitter's the downfall of society. Oh my it, gosh. Yeah. If, if I didn't have to have it for work, I wouldn't have it. It's just <laughs> brutal. And, and yeah. so I commend you on your decision. Yeah, so, uh, uh, is the wife with you in Amarillo or does she? Yeah. Or she still in Florida? Oh, she travels with you. All right. She, so she'll come to like certain, certain road trips. Like it just kind of depends on what other girlfriends and wives are going on the road trip. Like they'll all try to like get together and be like, Hey, we're all going to go on this road trip. That way it's not just like one wife or two wives sitting there by themselves. It's a whole group of them that get to hang out throughout the day while all of us are at the field and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm a lot of, I, I had family that used to live in Amarillo. So I'm, I'm very familiar with Amarillo and there's not a lot yeah. to hang out, but yeah, no, they <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I guess they just kind of hang out around the hotel till the game and then they'll all go to the game together and just a lot. Of, I guess I think this time there's like six or seven of them, something like that. Oh man. Well, it's the last so, trip. It's a big one. Yeah. So what now, now is this a high school sweetheart that you married? Yeah. Yeah. From it is. You're from Tallahassee, right? Yes, sir. So, you know, you, you're drafted by the Rangers in the first round. That's who you signed with. Was Let me mm -hmm. ask you this. Was was there any schools you were committed to? Were you going to Florida State? Yeah, I was, so I was committed to FSU. Well, you really, I was State. wondering if it was Florida State. Yeah. It, did yeah. any other uh, schools make you any offers? Um, I mean, <clears throat> not like I never – I went on one trip, like one whatever, one – Recruiting trip official visit or one visit or whatever and it was to fsu they offered me i took like a week and i was like um i, I should have just told them the day that they offered me that i was going there because I, I mean I, I already know that's where i wanted to go you grew up there yeah <laughs> yeah like all my all my i think on my high school team when i committed we had there was four of us on my high school team committed to fsu once i committed wow so so, so you're an fsu fan yeah Okay, I want to talk about the Jacksonville State game. Yeah, no, football. Uh, <laughs> it must have felt like a third Tommy John. Good night. Oh, my God. Dude. It's – I I don't even – I checked it, and we were winning, and there was, like, a few minutes left, and then all of a sudden I, like, check it, like, ten minutes later, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, how? Yeah, crazy stuff, but – they should have hired Dion. I, I wish Dion was their coach. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. be, he's doing pretty well. What what is he at? at Jackson State. Yeah, Jackson State. Like, I think is where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. Probably be on probation. Be on probation. Quick, but hey, it'd be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, did you did you play any other sports in high school, or were you just baseball? No, not in high school. I played one year of football in middle school, and I got lit up one time pretty good, and I was like, "This ain't for me. I'm done." <laughs> Like I'll finish this season, but I'm gonna stick to baseball. I'm a lot better at it than I am football. And no, you're, yeah, you're a tall guy. Yeah, you're big. Well, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, no, it was one time I got blindsided, and I was like, that did not feel good, and I don't like it. All right. Yeah. Hey, uh, is, 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 have you have you had any interaction with Cole Hamels since that that day at spring training? Yeah, actually, he threw a he threw a bullpen in Frisco um, 
I don't know, like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Or a month ago or so. Yeah. Like three weeks ago or so before he signed that deal with the Dodgers. Yeah. And so he was like, they told us like, Hey, he's going to be here at you know, a certain time. Like you can show up early and that way you can kind of watch him and talk to him. Like told the whole team that. And so I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to get there early and watch. So like, <clears throat> he's like starting his warm-up and then um jeff our pitching coach like said something to him like hey do you remember cole reagan's and he was like yeah and then shook my hand and we like said a few words to each other and then after he i like let him you know finish go on about his stuff and yeah. finish his bullpen and then a couple of us sat in the dugout and he like came down and just kind of talked with us like nothing specific just kind of shoot the breeze with us yeah, always like Cole. He, he's, he was a good guy. And uh, right, what it was, so it was spring of 17, right? Mm-hmm. When, you, when you guys, uh, I don't know, spent the morning together. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool deal. The Rangers did that for you. Yeah, it was awesome. Good. It was so, awesome. Uh, uh, a couple other things. One thing we talked about before this started, you're, you're a lot less hairy. Yeah. What, what, what Chopped happened, it all off. What happened to the locks, man? Um, I wasn't throwing to my liking. And so I couldn't go out there with a haircut like that and not throw good. So I had to go. I could. I mean, yeah. So did you, I just, did, it was time to chop it off. Did your wife like the long hair? I mean, honestly, or was she? So at, at first, when I got it cut the first time into a mullet, she was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like she knew I was going to get it cut into that, but I came back home and she was like, oh my gosh. And then like, she honestly liked it a lot. Like she was kind of sad to see it go. Yeah. Cause she was like, when we're like hanging out with friends and like she meets somebody new, then they're like, who's your husband? All she had, she was like the guy with the mullet right there. <laughs> and then everyone would know. So, hey, I was- but I proudly wore a mullet in high school. I'm the only one old enough than when that was actually in style. Now they're coming back. <laughs> so I was all for the mullet because I, I, yeah, I wore no. that look. I, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I can, I can always grow it back. Yeah, so business in the front and party in the back. That's <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I, I always wore a crew cut. I always wore it short. Flat topper. Yeah. Crew. Well, that's how I've always, I had, a, I actually had a mullet when I was like, a baby like i had a really really good one and then obviously got into school cut it off i was always my from fourth grade to 12th grade the school i went to what like dress code like had to wear a belt shirt tucked in like clean cut can't touch your collar all that kind of stuff so never had long hair in high school (laughs) you rebelled you went you yeah like i'd grow it out in the summer and then i'd have to cut it so how long, how long had it been since you'd cut your hair? I hadn't cut. Well, so I cut it into the mullet in like May of last year. Okay. And then let it grow. Let the back grow all the way until spring training. It was really long in spring training. And I had to, they made me cut a couple inches off because it was like past my collar and stuff. Um and so cut that off and it was still like decently long and then i let it go all the way until i cut it off the other day so i mean it basically been i guess a, a year and more than four months somewhere like that wow solid work 
It's commitment right there. Yeah, it's been a while. All right. All right. Well, good. Uh, John, you got anything else for, for, our, for our guest? No, man. Cole, hey, we appreciate it. I know that, that you guys are, are vying for a playoff spot there. Uh, it's a pretty tight race right now between y'all, Northwest, uh, Arkansas, and yeah. who else? Yeah. Wichita's in first, and then us, Arkansas, and Northwest are all, like, right by each other, like, within, like, half game right. of each other. Yeah, well, taking take, taking time to stop down and talk to us, that, that's a big thing. And, Cole, we're going to get you back on here. Maybe in the spring we'll see you there. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir, anytime. Thank all right. you all. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take that's care. Cole Reagans, Texas Ranger left-hand well. pitcher Cole Reagans, joining us from Amarillo. Cole, we'll see you, sir. Well, guys, that's the minor league wrap-up. And you talk about a good wrap-up, uh, getting those two guys on. We've gone up and down the system. Uh, there's some interesting names to watch in fall instructs that are going to get kicking off here pretty soon. Uh, we're going to keep up with it. Uh, we're going to finish out this year, you and me, getting this out to the end of the season and try to keep this going all during the offseason. There will definitely be some things to talk about. You guys, don't forget to go down and like this thing. Uh, give us a good review on there. Uh, join the uh, the Texas Rangers baseball newsletter at jeffwilson.substack.com. Uh, thanks to Cole Reagans. Thanks to Paul Kruger and Jeff next week. We'll see well, you there. We'll see what we can do. You know, we got, uh, uh, we got the start of Instruct, so maybe we can find somebody – Somebody who's there right now. I'm thinking a pitcher. We'll see. Yep, we'll see what we can do and, and get someone else on there. Guys, thanks for being a part of this one. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.